the cool thing about me is if I feel like people aren't feeling it, I don't give a damn. I will cut the music right there. Right. Fade it out. If you don't have work tomorrow, make some noise just to create the energy. And then, boom, I do a complete, completely different genre. I just, I've seen some DJs just wait for the song to play out. I don't do that crap. Right. You ain't feeling it. I'll even say, hey, if you ain't feeling that song, guess what? I ain't feeling that shit either. Boom. Next one. Hey, I'm Armando Leduc, producer, film actor, and owner of Leduc Entertainment. I have chosen a life off the beaten path and wanted to find others that are doing the same. Spaghetti on the Wall is a show based on all of the years that I've thrown spaghetti on the wall and nurtured what's stuck. We will share fun stories, ideas, tips, tricks, and more. Welcome to Spaghetti on the Wall. What's up? What's up? What's up? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Spaghetti on the Wall right here in San Antonio. I'm so glad, so happy that we finally got the Jesse and the Jerry, the J and J, the Dat DJ, Mr. Prince of Bourbon Street himself. What right else? Here. What Jess, MC Jesse E, the Prince of Bourbon. What other names you got? Uh, in high school, they used to call me uh, Jess Man. No, they didn't. Yeah, Jess Man, Jess Meister. Did they? Never yeah. heard that. Well, first <laughs> I of wouldn't all, know. I didn't go to high school with him. Yeah, so. I was y'all say, didn't go to high school together. Yeah. No, we went to rival high schools. Actually, I, I went to the bougie side of town. What up, Koo? What up, Koo? I went to New Braunfels High School. Started from the border. Now we're here. Um, another name I, my instructors used to call me in military was uh, Squibble. Squibble. Oh, because well, yeah, got got yeah. But yeah, man, I've been blessed. I've been called a lot of names. So it's been I live up to all of them. I changed my personality per whatever name to call me. That's that's yeah, you're a chameleon in that <laughs> way. Um let's talk about why Jerry's on his phone yeah. in the middle of a podcast. Boom, I'm getting content. Come on now. Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. He's a content creator. Are you a content creator? I'm getting I'm getting content for all of Jesse's so twenty thousand fans. So there you go. 000. He's a seventeen thousand. So so I think we figured out today. Um, what Jerry's purpose is? Yeah, right. It, it's you're it's the just connector. Never had a title. It never had a title. It already. Title. You were already doing it. It just today we kind of figured yeah. out. We just kind of fell in it. Well, with your brilliance, I appreciate that. You. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, I I I do fancy myself a good ideas guy. Mm-hmm. I I that's you know I don't I, I I'm not a shared, really good builder. I actually shared some of the ideas you've had from the past. Today. Yeah. Yeah, let's not bring up all of them right now. <laughs> let's keep those. Those are off market. Those are off the market ideas. <laughs> Definitely you know I mean? off the record. Off the record ideas, that off the market ideas. We're not going to talk shop. about that today. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Jerry's going to be a PR guy now. He's going to, I mean, he already That's was in PR. Yeah, he, he was already is. doing it. So now we have a title for it. So if you guys are looking for PR, I mean, he put this together. We, uh, I said, I'm, I'm coming to San Antonio Boom. and, um, and, and, you know, let's set up some, uh, some podcasts. He set it up, said, Hey, I want to do this. I want to do my keynote. He set that up for tomorrow. Make it happen. So, yes. you know, so I, I think that's a viable business, man. I think some, you know, I'll, I'll start paying you for, for your services. If you can keep it going. I like it. Mm-hmm. I set them up. Jerry knocks them down. Heard. So, um, talk to me about your journey you were a special forces dude special ops and then what's the difference uh well special forces is more geared towards army it's like specific it's like a military specific special operations is encompasses like all gotcha so navy seals yeah navy seals yeah um marine force reconnaissance and then the air force has their own which is a pararescue and combat control 
And that's what you were doing. Yeah, I was a combat controller. And um, that's what I was wanting to do, man. I was an ROTC and uh, very motivated. And when um, actually, I was a dancer in high school. Everybody knew that. And then uh, once the terrorist attacks happened, I was just like, boom, I'm going to I'm going to join the military. And then uh, I had heard about, you know, special ops and all that stuff. And, and when everybody goes to boot camp at, back then, it, only men could try out and they put all the men in a room. They're like, hey, if you want to dress like us, we wear shorts and T-shirt to work. We're the only ones who get to do that, you know, um, and only one out of 100 will make it. And I was just like listening, not really paying attention, tired. And he's like, hey, whoever makes it automatically gets a bonus of like, I, I forgot what it was, like $36,000. And and only one out of 100 would make it. And I was like, put my hand up. And I was like, yeah. They're like, all right, all eight of you idiots who put your hand up, you're going to stand over here. <laughs> and uh, and come to find out, man, that day, uh, they put me in a different program and 415 total of us tried out. And then out of the 415, I think only 175 were actually able to try out for the team because you have to have, you know, you have to have all these tests, blood tests and all these like apparatuses strapped to you to see if you even fit to try out. Right. And then once you do that, you actually have to go and do push-ups, pull-ups, swim, run in a certain amount of time all in a row. And if you make it, then you get to try out. Now, boom. So from that, three years later, out of all the 415, only 13 of us made it. So it was one of the 13. So I thought that was going to be my whole life. I thought it was going to be special ops, deploying all around the world you know, doing high charger type stuff with my teammates. And then I get diagnosed with the chemically induced asthma. And How I did think, that happen? Um, I actually was to, went to Fort Benning when I was at jump school and I slept underneath the vent. You know how we have vents and it was like all black and ugly. And I didn't think nothing of it, but I was like, man, this, <clears throat> this place is horrible. They don't ever clean it. And uh, next thing you know, man, I got, uh, and I got diagnosed with the chemically induced asthma. Apparently, I don't know if it was mold or what. I really don't know still to this day, but I started um, having breathing troubles and, and I went to the doctor after one of my jumps, I got real sick and they're like, Oh, you got asthma. I was like, you're crazy. And I was like, I'm a combat controller uh, trainee. You think I have asthma? And they're like, no, you do. And I was like, no, I don't. And I went through all these tests and to come to find out I do have asthma. So they discharged me medically. I appealed it three times, but you can't appeal it, you know, more oh, a military order more than three times. And, that was it. I was out, you know, uh, a disabled veteran, and I didn't know which direction I was going to go. My parents were so thankful. They're like, mijo, God did not want, me, want you to be killing people or doing any of that kind of stuff. They, they wanted you to have a, a different purpose. And I was like, sweet, I'll get them to drink, you know. So that it led me to be, uh, <laughs> you know, I was a bartender in Fort Walton Beach in the 850 area. And, man, that was awesome time. I'm, I still have some of my best friends there. But Destin and Fort Walton Beach is only busy, you know eight months out of the year. The other four months, New Orleans is slamming. So we would drive to New Orleans all the time, go to the casinos and whatever. And so finally, one of my boys, uh, Josh Bridge, was like, you know what? We should work out here. And then Josh and Brett, and we were like, you know what? Let's do this. So we went. And uh, man, I ended up just bartending. And then one day I was dancing, and one of the owners saw me dancing. He's like, oh, you should be an MC." And I was like, what's that? And like, we get on stage. And I was like, nah. How much does it pay? And he was like, well, we start everybody at $12 an hour, but you got a lot of talent. We'll start you at 15. And I was like, yeah, right. You think I make $40 an hour as a bartender? You think I'm going to wake up for that? And anyhow, come to find out, they kept asking me. And, you know, I ended up taking the mic one day and just never stopped. And, you know, I was an MC in New Orleans for like 16 years. It was really easy for me because I was a dancer all throughout high school, you know. 
I've been an entertainer pretty much my whole life. So it was very second nature for me, very easy. You know it. You were there for, you know, many of those years. And mm. it was just, you know, it was fun. It was probably one of the funnest places to ever work in New Orleans. It's like my 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 blood, man. I bleed New Orleans. So I love it. But anyhow, once COVID happened, 16 years later, I came home and I saw my parents and, you know, and everything. I was like, man, it's time for me to come home. So I hung it up. So I was gone from New Braunfels for 18 years straight. You know, I only came back to visit about twice a year. And uh, now I've been back for two years and me and Jerry, I linked up with Jerry and I was like, dude, we're going to start this, this DJ business, you know, cause Jerry and I've been doing life insurance together for eight years now. We work extremely well together doing that. And Jerry has actually been DJing as well. And I was like, man, let's just, let's just do this, you know? And one thing about Jerry, he's been DJing for all this time with the same ass speakers. <laughs> <laughs> he's never upgraded his equipment, dude. Hey. Never. Do they work though? I mean, they, barely. <laughs> if you move a cable to the left, three quarters of an inch right. the wrong Done. way. Done deal. Done. Done. I've I've seen those. I've seen those. It's like when the Nintendo when you had to when yeah. you had to blow into the cartridge and yeah, then like, press it. Press but, yeah, and then but like you had to like on the edge of it, like <laughs> almost at the edge, and then like push it down and and then it like worked. Uh, yeah, you remember that? Shit? Yes. Haters. Yeah. Haters still got the job done. Yeah, Dang. he still got the job done, but I was like, cuz, <clears throat> no, dude, we're going all in, homie. Like, so come on, cuz. We bought a trailer, you know, we bought all the equipment, and I was like, we're going all in, dude. And one year later, we've done over 300 gigs as J&J Entertainment, that DJ. Um, and, and that DJ was great because um, it has dedication towards New Orleans, who that? Mm -hmm. You know, I love the name. Uh, and also, it's a very unique name. Um, but anyhow, man, we love what we do. We get to, we're not really DJs. And that's what we tell people. We're, we're MCs who play music. We're energy. Yeah. Know? Cause technically, I mean, you don't see us up there like scratching and yeah. spinning, doing all that kind of stuff. I mean, right. more it, it's, we, we have a way of being able to take music, the lyrics, create an atmosphere, yeah. interject that into to the moment. Right. So I like that. It's great. Yeah. And, and a lot of people tell me, you know, who, who don't know Jerry, like, oh, you're teaching him. And I was like, well, Jerry already knew a lot. I just pushed him a little bit. And, but obviously, you know, we've taught so many people on Bourbon street that ended up not being, you know, not great at what they do. Yeah. Jerry, you know, Christina's back. Oh yeah. Video, man. She's a beast, dude. We all know that. I was there the first day she started, man. I'm excited to see, you know, how great she is, but same thing like Jerry, you know, I mean, I was like, it's so happy. It's so cool for me to like tell him one time and then boom, he can go off in his own creativity. Like one cool thing that Jerry didn't want it was balls hot in New Braunfels. It was like 104 degrees. Miserable, dude. And Jerry just randomly made this post like, hey, come see his largest indoor ace air conditioned place in all of New Braunfels. Right. Come, come get chill with us. And I was like, dude, that's genius. Is it really the largest coldest, uh, cold, uh, insa <laughs> insulated air conditioned place? He's like, who knows? <laughs> Did people but come claim out? Claim it. But I don't, I mean, yeah, people came out. People always come out for yeah, us, Armando. Dude. They do come out. Yeah, bro. Well, of course. I, mean, I know they did. I'm just saying, did they come out in droves? You know what I mean? Like, like, like oh, air conditioning. It was like, oh my God, it's air conditioning. <laughs> As if it doesn't exist. But it, the point is, is like his, his, his mind works differently. So it's real cool that, you know, everything that I, I've been able to learn on Bourbon Street, I help him sometimes and he helps me sometimes, but we got a badass thing going, dude. And is this a duplicatable business? It's duplicatable to 70%. You're not going to be able to get the other 30%. I'll say it's duplicatable. The, the factor. And I think what Jesse's talking about is like the, 
the quality control, like you said, it, it, there's just that it factor, right? Mm -hmm. Whether I think some people you got it or you don't got it. Yeah. Right. And it's like, how do you teach that? You don't, I, I, I don't think you do. Right. Yeah. Like there's some people I think, and who knows, maybe you come across somebody that's just going to elevate it. You learned it. It's the right person. Did mm -hmm. you learn it? I wouldn't say that. I don't know necessarily that I, that I learned it. I feel like I had some of it yes. with being in the right environments. That's I've seen a big difference. Mm -hmm. I've seen a big difference. The influences the people around me and having um, just so, some of the channels, the timing maybe with it. So, well, even over the years, confidence. Jerry has come visit me tons of times in new Orleans mm -hmm. right? and all my friends come visit me in new Orleans and I would give them the mic and they would, you know, do nothing. But Jerry on the hand over the last 15 years of my time on new Orleans, I'd give him the mic and he'd be like, he would just take it, start dancing, you know? So you still got to have that it factor. Sure. And us, you know, as you know, long time serving MCs, we can just see who has it, who doesn't, you know, there's been plenty, you know, I bring this up, scenario all the time, Joey Fatone, right? He knew every single dance move that NSYNC, the other NSYNC members knew, but he's not a dancer. Just because he knows all the dance moves doesn't mean he's a raw ass dancer. You know, um, that's how I feel. I could teach someone to be an MC all day. So you're bringing up him up and for what point? What's Meaning point? that he doesn't know how to dance. He but he's still, he's still in, in, in sync. He's still in sync. He's a good, he's, he's a dancer. He does a dance moves, but he's not a raw ass dancer. He's not going to be on, you know, uh, like battling somebody. He doesn't have that raw badass it factor. Gotcha. Did you learn, did, did you grow up learning how to dance? Yeah, I yeah. did. I did. I think like that was something that was just natural for me. Music and dancing was just a big part of like yeah. our, our family dynamics. Actually. So the first DJ equipment that I had was stuff that I basically borrowed from my parents that they bought that I ended up just never giving back. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they bought that Love equipment. And then I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and use this for a party. Never returned. <laughs> yeah. my, my, my daughter does that all the time. Yep. Just, Hey, I'm right there with confiscates my things. And I'm yeah. like, what the, <laughs> what what is this doing over there that's mine yeah. but the thing what is like, i was mine? i was never in a you know grew up in a very conservative town you take someone like like jesse i feel like if i would have been in a different marketplace mm. surrounded by some of that yeah. it would have honed that craft very differently expedited it but until like jesse came i was doing like one dj gig a month maybe here there like a hobby yeah now we're averaging 12 14 15 a month individually i mean yeah so just being able to kind of have that energy feed off of that, being able to mimic. That's one thing I know I'm very coachable. Mm -hmm. So being able to see Jesse, like, Hey, here's how you maybe line this up or consider this, or just having that confidence. Once you do it a couple different times and then you see the feedback then it's like, all right, yeah. I got this. So it's all ingrained at this point. There's really no plan. Is it, is there a plan? The only you just know you can read a, a room. Oh yeah. I mean, it, Right you away, know dude. what to say. I mean, I can see I, and the cool thing about me is if I feel like people are feeling it, I don't give a damn. I will cut the music right there. Right. Fade it out. If you don't have work tomorrow, make some noise just to create the energy. And then, boom, I do a complete, completely different genre. I've seen, I've seen some DJs just wait for the song to play out. I don't do that crap. Right. You ain't feeling it. I'll even say, hey, if you ain't feeling that song, guess what? I ain't feeling that shit either. Boom. Next one. You know, um, but I've, I've been through every scenario you could think of. And actually, cool story real quick. Jerry was telling me that this, this wife from a gig was like real touchy-feely with him and <laughs> just all over him, oh. right? And like putting all her attention to the point where it was uncomfortable. Mm. And he texts me that. And how I was old like, was she? Now, how do you think she was? Mm, she was probably in her late 40s, early 50s. But mm. I, I told him, I was like, I've been in that situation thousands of times. What do you do? You focus all your energy on the husband immediately. Show all the respect. 
right? Women are going to be honest all the time because we're they're drunk. We have a mic. We have the platform. You never show that disrespect to the husband because then you create that negative energy always. So when that would happen to me, I was like, hey, bro, I'm going to be like you when I grow up. I'm going to be like you when I grow up, you know? And if they keep doing that, I'm like, man, he must be working with something for real, you know? Just give him props. Show him love. Show him that, hey, I, I respect you. I don't want, I'm not, you know, your wife's obviously here touching me and she's drunk or something like that. But I think my point is, I've told him, I've like, I've been through every scenario you could think of. You know, I've even had scenario where I've made a joke about a, ba- a, a wife that she just got married that day. So she was the bride. The entire bridal party is there, about 35 people. And the maid of honor, she's like, oh my God, she just got married today. I'm a maid of honor. Embarrass her. So I say something on the mic and it's over the top because I'm an MC. Right. And they all start laughing. And I see somebody charge at me. Oh. Push me with all he has. And I'm like, I don't know who he was. I had no idea. I grabbed, I grabbed the stage because otherwise he would have pushed me back because he was a strong dude. And he just swings on me with everything he has. And luckily, I'm very alert because everybody knows I don't drink alcohol. I duck and I just, I, I take him out really bad. You know, blood all over my shoes. His, his face is all. I remember that day. Yeah. I remember that day. Yeah. Yep. His, his face is all bloody. No idea what it was. And then the, the bride was like, that's my husband. I'm like, oh, God. He got arrested. He's all beat up. And all because I made a joke. But the point is, I've been in like every situation you could think of. But, you know. As Do you remember an, what the joke and was? Some we can't yes. even, and some we can't even think of. Like, no. I, you want me to tell a joke? Yes. What was the joke? So the What'd joke was, say? I was like, ladies and gentlemen, y'all got to make some noise for her. She's not a bachelorette. She's a bride. And guess what? As of tonight, she's going to be taking it. Uh, she's going to be... Um, Something with anal, right? I was like, she's going to be taking it <laughs> of course. up the ass. Y'all make sure know that's a good woman right there, you know? And she's like, oh my God, that's perfect. You know, the, the, the maid of honor was like, right. that's perfect. Right. And everything was cool. And then he just charges at me. And I mean, I like it. I, I feel bad, dude, because I, I, you know, I, I messed him up real bad. And then he got arrested on his wedding day oh. in front of his whole family. It's a miserable moment. And the whole thing's on video. You know what I mean? Everybody had their phones out. And, oh. I, and the cool thing was, as soon as it was done, the whole bridal party left. I was like, are y'all ready to get back to the party? <laughs> Boom. And I just keep rolling like nothing happened. But, you know, I've been in so many That's situations. That's Bourbon Street, man. Bourbon, man. People don't understand it. Unless, you're, unless you've lived it. Yeah. Like, Bourbon Street is just a, a circus. It is, man. It's, a high, it's high school mixed with circus, mixed with a brothel. <laughs> mixed with uh i mean it's just you know rock concert yeah mixed with like i love it with every genre dude dude it was just i it loved was, it yeah it was insane man my my favorite moments are whenever a, a a couple would come into the day earlier in the day and they'd be there till closing my biggest my biggest support and i love that so much I mean, because they would see me do Classic rock, disco, Spanish, hip hop, R and B, baby making music, mm-hmm. and they would see the whole thing, and they would never leave. And to me, that's the biggest compliment as a performer because they they could walk anywhere for free. Yeah, they, they can go anywhere else and see anybody. And else. they just stayed there. They just stayed with me mm-hmm. the whole that time. That was awesome. And that's incredible. That's an incredible. Did feeling. you enjoy working daytime or nighttime better? I actually like daytime. I, I mean, love daytime. I love daytime because it's very intimate. Yeah. We would have the uh, couples contest. Hell yeah. You know, you come up with like the game shows, be yeah. actually be funny. Yeah. Get to know people. They're drinking. You're just, you know, you're just chilling. I had a really good time, you know, working that I day. I like shit. daytime. Yeah, it was cool. 
Yeah, it was it was a fun time, man. One of the cool things we would do was a couples trivia. Couples trivia was, yeah. How, how well, well do you, do you know, know your spouse? partner yeah. or your spouse? Yeah, yeah. That and I remember awesome. I would I would turn turn the girls around. I'd be like, all right, what's the uh, what's the craziest place you've ever had sex? Oh right? no, and you would start would, off light. No, yeah, for sure, light. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. then we would get to that point, like, right? And then she would say something. And be like, all right, what did you say, sir? It's like, oh, the washing machine. And, and I'd say, no, she said in the butt. And she said, like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't say it. No, I didn't. You know. Yeah, so, but that was, was a cool crazy. setup. We would be like, hey, what is your wife's favorite color? Boom. What is your wife's bra size? Boom. Yeah. And we get extra spicy. How long did she make you wait for the first time she ever gave it up? Right. And she'd be like four months. And he was like, second date. Second date. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was a good. Just spill all the tea. Huh? It was just. It was just a. It, it was that environment was a conduit for just playful, yeah. irreverence. You know, like just authentic. Whoever you were was just like that. Was it? Yeah. And it was like oh, yeah. everybody was accepted. Yeah. You know, it was like kind of crazy in that way that everybody. I guess that's the the allure of of living in New Orleans is that. Yeah, it's like there's a, really a no judgment. Pod. Well, yeah. that's one of the things you know? that I noticed right away. I, I'd been to New Orleans. I think I visited, visited Jesse between 12 to 15 times. Yeah, and for sure. Immediately, one of the very first times, because you meet people from all across the world. Yeah. yeah. But they're all there for one purpose, to have a good time. Yeah. Right. Literally. And it's like that one thing that unites everybody. And you're just like, okay, it, it doesn't matter where you're from, what color, what you speak. Exactly. Just, How much like, money you same, make. Fun right. is the same language. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. universal. Right. So that, that was something that was cool. Cause you just knew you're like, okay, everybody here is here to have a good time. Like, yeah, there, man, there's nothing else. Yeah. I think that, that that's why, you know, it, it brings people in and that's why people stay. Yeah. It's just like that environment is just so non-judgmental. Nobody really yeah. gives a what you do. Yeah. Like they really don't like that's, I think that that's why a lot of celebrities like to, to live there too. Cause they're all like, wouldn't, and, and, real, and so I, I think that appeal is because man, almost like we all live wishing, like it would just be like that everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's like, why, why, why can't you just authentically be yourself and who you are at all times? Yeah. I think right. alcohol has a lot to do with it. Yep. That's true. But also if you think about it, there's not really VIP sections. No, there's no cover charge. You know, there's no pretentious bullshit. Yeah, that's and, true. And and that's the difference between New Orleans and every other place. It's so different, man. I, I have seen, and it's cool because I'm, you know, as an MC, I would do my thing and then the band would play and I would people watch and I would see these wealthy people dressed all nice talking to, you know, bums on the street, gutter punks, having the conversation of a lifetime. Yeah. And I was like, that would never happen in Dallas or Chicago or Vegas mm -hmm. or something like that. Because in Vegas, you know, you're going to be VIP sections, champagne bottles, but in New Orleans, man, it's like everybody is on an equal platform. No yeah. matter your income level, your success, right. education right. level, everybody's the same. I love yeah. that. That's what I loved about New Orleans, for sure. It's a really cool spot for that. Um, so you're so you're here in New Braunfels. Yep. Y'all looking at expanding or what? Um. Well, I mean, we do so much already. I mean, we do the DJ business. Mm -hmm. We do life insurance. We have our real estate company. So I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. You know, I'm, I'm really loving that I'm able to do my passion and get paid for it. And I remember when Jerry and I are talking, I'm like, cause we might, we might be able to make a hundred thousand dollars, you know, total. Like you make 50, I make like 50. J and J entertainment as yeah. a whole. And he was like, no, cause we're going to make a quarter million. And I was like, mm -hmm. there's no way dude. And now I'm just like, man, that's, that's actually pretty easy. You know, 
Yeah. Um, if you if you you know reverse engineer everything, I'm like, golly, it's crazy. Yeah. So when you talk about expanding, the way that I look at it is that we we've seen you know over the last year we've tripled yeah. our hourly rate from where we at when we started. Yeah. Just because whether the demand or people see like, man, just what y'all do is so distinct than your normal DJ. Yeah. Right. And so as the demand has grown, like, Hey, if that's what you're looking for, that's what you want. We've also raised our own value because we didn't see it that way. I mean that there, if there's one thing in common that Jesse and I have is we love to just be able like, Hey, helping the, the lesser of these, or, you know what, yeah. we just want to put on a great event, have fun. We just happen to get paid for it. So we're not looking out for the money. Like yeah. we're not money hungry about right. it, but we've grown to see like, man, you know, still business. There's something that we offer that people value. Yeah. So if anything, that's one thing that we've seen. I'd say like we're, we're growing in terms of um, the value proposition we bring to the table. So of course we're starting to see a different type of clientele. Maybe our, our market is growing in San Antonio and Austin type reach, or yeah. just the type of events and things that we're doing now. Yeah. yeah it's fun, yeah. man. And, and the yeah. cool thing is it's fun. You know, I, and I mean, I've been doing it my whole life. So like I said, I love that I'm able to do that. And I tell the, I tell our brides all the time, when you hire Jerry or I, you're not hiring DJs, you're hiring energy. Right. And they love it, man. I'm like, we will talk shit, though. I'm going to let you know. If I see, you know, Aunt Sally just sitting down, I'm like, hey, Aunt Sally, you could sit at home. This is the Rodriguez wedding. You better get up. You yeah. know, <laughs> this is the Thomas wedding. You know what I mean? Just to add emphasis. That's good. That's You You, you should absolutely write these, all, all these Jesseisms out. Yeah, that's what I said. train some people, man. Um, and I, 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 one thing I do is like, if you don't have the work tomorrow, let me hear you scream. And that, everybody screams for that because yeah. it's Saturday. I'm like, then why aren't you on the dance floor? And I'll just stop. And one thing I do when I see a table, because it's usually a table, there's one boring table of the whole party. And I'll pull up a chair and I'll sit in the chair and I'm like, you know what I'm doing? I'm being you. This is exactly what you look like. Boring. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> I'll do it. I'm like, get up. He does. He does. What do they do? They're like, you're right. And I'm like, give me your arm. And I just take him to the dance floor. Nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, you know. Well, see, that's all I'm saying. If, if anything, I've seen that you, we are a mirror. And so people reflect our energy. Right. I mean, trust me, it's I've true. had my moments where I'm up there and if I'm not in it, how do I expect them? Like, how do I expect them to mimic or do something when I'm not bringing that same type of energy? Right. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'm going to ask them to come out, have a good time, have a big smile, dance like crazy. The time of their life while I'm sitting out, out there stone faced, just mm -hmm. like body language, all sad. Yeah. No. But it's a complete shift. As soon as you're like, you know what? You're the one dancing out there. You're the one bringing the energy. Yes. You're the one switching up the music. You're the one engaging the crowd, bringing yeah. the mic to them, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's great, right? And that, that's my biggest take back from DJs. You could be a great mixologist, scratching, all that stuff. I, I appreciate your art, but you're boring to me. I don't care how much you scratch. I don't care how much air horns you do the whole night. <laughs> if you're just up there, just like, you know, maybe the crowd's feeling it, but they got to feed off your energy. Right. And that's one thing I do not like when I used to go to all these events and I would, you know, actually we went to an event and one of the DJs was just like standing there mixing. And I'm like, no, this guy's boring as hell. When you see me, I'm going to be crazy. Right. If I walk in, I see Jerry, Jerry's ass better be crazy too. Yeah. And Jerry, he'll go up and he'll grab people to the dance floor, give them the microphone to sing just to create that environment and break that ice. Got to do that. That's one thing we're experts on ice breaking. Yeah. I felt like when I was trying to build a room, especially in 544, when I first got there and it was mm. a, just the club was like pulling teeth. Oh, yes. what I noticed was if you can make friends yeah. in little pockets. Right. Mm -hmm. And then once you make these friends, Detroit, what's up? Yes. 
yo, San Francisco, blah, 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 blah. They, and then once, once those people stayed, then you could build off of that. Yeah. Right. Which was really, and then everybody really feels, fun. and the cool thing is to circle back. Yeah. An hour or two later. Yep. They're like, Hey, well, look, hey, it's Detroit. Yeah. Right. Ain't that right. San Francisco. No offense, but you know, just, just play with them, you know? Right. That's what I would do. Yeah. No, I think if you guys are in that, in that, um, in that environment and you're, uh, Oh yeah, it's four o'clock. Is it four o'clock? Boom! I'm in my drop tap, cruising the streets. All right. Well, look. Um, I know we have another guest coming up, yes. but um, <laughs> we could talk all day That's about true. this stuff. So, but we're uh, excited. Tell them where they can find you, Jesse. Look, you can find us at www.datdj.com. All right. My cousin Jerry is very active on there. He will, you know, respond, reach out to us. Let us know if you need some. And the coolest thing is hit us up quick because we're getting booked so often. I, I, I really it hurts my heart when people are like, hey, can you work this event? I'm like, man, I'm so sorry I'm booked. Yeah. You know, so. And we will go anywhere, anytime. Yes. So, it don't matter. We'll travel. We'll to Vegas we'll and travel. stuff too. Yeah, we went I, to Vegas. We'll go to New Orleans. We'll go, you know, all over Austin, Houston. We're ready. That DJ, baby. All right, y'all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to yes. another episode of Spaghetti on the Wall brought to you by Leduc Entertainment for all of your digital marketing and social media needs. And you can watch Spaghetti on the Wall on YouTube, but you can also listen to it everywhere where you can find a podcast. Spaghetti on the Wall, and we'll see y'all next week. Yay.